Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the JRPG Report. My name is Dalton Suter, and this is episode 246. I hope you all have had a lovely two weeks. Um, apologies that it's kind of been bi-weekly here recently. It's just not been enough news dropping each and every week, but trying to do what I can to put things together for you guys to keep the show entertaining, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I do appreciate all of you for sticking around and listening, even when the news is kind of dry. So let's go ahead and dive right into it, shall we? So more music from Final Fantasy XIV is available to listen to on select streaming services, including Spotify, YouTube, and Amazon Music. Square Enix released Death Unto Dawn, Final Fantasy XIV original soundtrack, it also offered a full list of services of where it is available. Originally appearing physically in September of 2021, the album contains 84 tracks that accompanied the quests added in patches 5.1 to 5.5. Beginning with Vows of Virtue, Deeds of Cruelty, these quests followed on from the story of the previous expansion, Shadowbringers, and set up the next and most recent one, Endwalker. These were also patches that included the near automata raids created with collaboration from Nier series creator Yoko Taro. Square Enix is currently gearing up for its U.S. Final Fantasy XIV Fan Festival in Las Vegas, Nevada. Tickets for the event will be limited and available only through a lottery system. The MMORPG also attracted controversy recently over the use of third-party tools in competitive raid clears and the sale of outfits that the Samei Council say used unauthorized elements of their culture. Death Under Dawn Final Fantasy XIV original soundtrack is available immediately both physically and on the Square Enix eStore and digitally on streaming services. The game itself is available on PS4, PS5, and PC. <clears throat> and speaking of some Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy XVI producer Naoki Yoshida and directors Hiroshi Takai and Kazutoyo Mehiro, man, almost got through all that without messing it up, talked with Japanese outlet Dengeki Online, and during the interview, the developers revealed more information about its gameplay. Specifically, how the combat and ability systems of Final Fantasy XVI were inspired, in part, by the job system of Final Fantasy V. They also talked about the influence of live streaming and that it's what it's had in the creation of these systems. The developer said that it, they didn't want to create a simple action RPG, but one that would feel fun to play. Director Mehiro said that the ability to progression or the ability progression system of Final Fantasy V inspired a part of the development of Final Fantasy XVI. With the guy comparing the icons of Final Fantasy 16 to the job system of Final Fantasy 5. When people think of Final Fantasy 5, they may, I think this was supposed to say they may think of the job system, but it says they may of the job system. <laughs> and the Spellblade dual wield rapid fire combination of powerful in game abilities. The team wanted to create a combat system that would allow players to create similarly unique combinations. Takai pointed to live streaming being popular nowadays as another reason to create such a system. By watching other players approach combat in different ways, Viewers might want to try new combinations of abilities. Yoshida commented that this system would truly shine in a second run while playing with a higher difficulty, and he teased the inclusion of an ultimate boss fight as side content. Additionally, Takai said that the development team didn't want Final Fantasy XVI to be an open-world game, with the main story being responsible for guiding the pacing of the game. Final Fantasy XVI is currently in development and it will launch first for the PlayStation 5 on June 22nd, 2023. After an exclusivity period expires, we may see it on other platforms. So Bandai Namco recently acknowledged and apologized for the problems and glitches found in the Nintendo Switch version of the recently released Tales of Symphonia Remastered. The company confirmed that the team is currently working on a solution to these problems, 
and Bandai Namco will provide more information and future updates through the official Japanese Twitter account. Players worldwide reported these glitches, with most of them being technical issues related to the frame rate of the console considerably dropping in certain areas. Additionally, to the frame rate drastically suffers during the combat after a certain point in the story, but only when Colette is a part of the team. This is a bigger problem, considering her crucial role in the game. Some other examples of these issues include unusually long load times, the overworld music loading mid-song, and some elements like the glass-shattering battle transition effect being completely absent. This is not the first remaster from the Tales of series, and it might not be the last one. Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition debuted back in 2019 worldwide, and the Nintendo Switch version of it runs as well as the rest of the versions available. Tales of Symphonia Remastered is immediately available for Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Tales of Symphonia is also available on Windows PC through Steam, and it is based on the PS3 version of the game. So something for all you Steam Deck players out there, Steam Deck owners can play Octopath Traveler 2. As the product page revealed, it is verified. This means the game completely supports the handheld's controls and you'll be able to read all of the text and it generally performs well. This means Octopath Traveler 2 is the first entry in the series to be Steam Deck verified. The original game, which came out in 2019, isn't. However, it does have a playable status. That means it generally works on the handheld. The product page does note that player will need to adjust the resolution to make sure it looks right. In addition to the announcement regarding its Steam Deck compatibility, Square Enix shared final pieces of Octopath Traveler 2 character art, first showing off the merchants Partitio and Tressa, and then showed a countdown picture with the cast and shared to the release uh, worldwide. Octopath Traveler 2 is available for the Switch, PS4, PS5, and PC. So this is just a quick one, but if you are interested, if you want to head over to the Neon Falcom official YouTube channel, there is now an official gameplay trailer for E's memoir, The Oath in Felgana, which is due out on, for the Switch on April 27th in Japan. But if you want to see how this is looking and uh, maybe get yourself hyped for a possibility of a release over here, figured you might want to go check that out. Rolling right along, once again, the original Caligula Effect game is coming back. NIS America announced another port of the remake, uh, the Caligula Effect Overdose is now headed to PS5 in 2023. There is no exact release date yet, and the company didn't announce if it will be any exclusive features yet, or if there will be any exclusive features yet, excuse me. What NIS America did do is release a trailer for the PS5 version of the Caligula Effect Overdose. It reminds people that this is a game about people attending school in what is actually a virtual world. Its former virtual attendant, Aria, recruited some of the, quote, students who have become aware of the truth to fight back against the space's current ruler, the virtual idol, uh, I believe that's you? I don't know, it's a very strange symbol, and her ostinato musicians. In addition to your named major allies, you can recruit 500 ordinary students to fight alongside you. The video shows how's that how that works, as well as some PS5 in-battle gameplay. The Caligula effect debuted on the Vita first worldwide, and then a few years later, the overdose version appeared with additional content. This allowed someone to choose a gender of their avatar as well as take part in an ostinato musician's arc that lets you fight alongside the enemies. It also changed some of the gameplay elements to make battles a little less punishing and easier to connect with the NPCs. The Caligula Effect Overdose will come to the PS5 in 2023, and it is available on the Nintendo Switch, PS4, and PC. So there will soon be a special Pikachu available in Pokemon Sword and Shield as a water... Pokemon Sword and Shield. Oh, well, whatever. As a water type, uh, water Terra type, one will appear in a special Terra raid starting on February 24th, which I guess would be 
so this is happening as I'm recording this, the seven star character will appear in the signature black raid dens, as this will be a seven star Pokemon in Scarlet and Violet Terror raid. Now hold on now. Okay, so this, okay, so it's it meant Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I don't know why it said Pokemon Sword and, Sword and Shield up there. Um, as this will be a seven star Pokemon Scarlet and Violet Terror raid, this Pikachu, the unrivaled, as one follows the same rules as the past ones. Uh, it will feature a mightiest mark, you will likely need to have completed the gym leader rematches and academy ace tournament to see the dens and raids. The announcement didn't note what kind of moves to expect. As it is a water terra type, people should prepare for a character who may know some water type moves. As it is also Pikachu, it will probably have some electric ones as well. This will mark the second Pikachu with a special sort of terra type. As a reminder, one that was a flying terra type was given away via the mystery gift function via launch. However, soon people won't be able to claim that one. You won't be able to download it after February 28th, 2023. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are available for the Nintendo Switch, and the Water Terra Type Pikachu Terra Raid will run February 24th through 27th, 2023. So it seems we won't encounter any more until they rise of three delays. Koei Tecmo took to Twitter to confirm that the third entry in the Rises adventure has gone gold. Back in January 2023, the company announced a one month delay. That pushed it out to February 2023. Prior to this, Koi Tecmo shared the opening movie for the game and offered people a first chance to hear its theme song. Back when the game was delayed, producer Junzo Hosoi cited a need for additional polish. The goal was to be certain the finished game's quality met their expectations. Atelier Rise of 3, Alchemist of the End, and The Secret Key will appear first in Japan on March 23rd, 2023, and a day later on March 24th, 2023, it will appear worldwide. And people will be able to find it on the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and PC. And on kind of a downer note, um, the Nintendo of America Twitter account shared a reminder that the Wii U and Nintendo 3DS eShop will soon no longer be available. The N Nintendo will discontinue both online storefronts on March 27th, 2023. Those with money still on their accounts will be able to merge the leftover balance with their Nintendo Switch account until March 2024. News of this decision first came out in February 2022. Once the store closes down, players will no longer be able to purchase new games or download free demos. As for games you already own, you can still re-download them so long as you have the license. This goes for DLC as well. The My Memories website for the 3DS and Wii U is still open as well, though you will need to have a Nintendo account to access it. Closing down eShops is a natural part of a console with online access. The PlayStation Store for the PS3 and PS Vita also closed down in summer 2021, and in all of these cases, it simply means that you will no longer be able to buy older games. Players will still have access to the games in their digital libraries, though. And the Wii U and Nintendo 3DS eShop will each close on March 27, 2023. Players with games they want to purchase before them should buy them before that date so they can access them in the future. Also, um, a tweet came out from at ChronoGame, which is the official Chrono Cross <clears throat> Twitter account. Uh, and it seems like it is a statement from the creators. Hello, everyone. This is the Chrono Cross The Radical Dreamers Edition development team. Following the launch of the game last year, we're planning to release an update this month. This update includes a wide range of changes, such as frame rate improvements, changes to the growth system for PIP, and fixes to other bugs. Thank you so much for all of you for your thoughts and feedback on Chrono Cross The Radical Dreamers Edition. Have you discovered the secrets that original director Masato Kaito added to this remaster? We hope you downloaded the update, or we hope that you download the update and that you continue to enjoy playing the game in the future. Thank you for continuing to support Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition. So, I have never played Chrono Cross before. I do own this, though. I did get it. Also, by the way, 
with the, talking about Atelier Ryza 3, I meant to bring up, I did just get the uh, the first Atelier Ryza, so I want to check that out and see see what I think about that, you know? Um, I heard nothing but good from everyone, including uh, our good buddy James, that I should play Atelier, and I would love it, so I'm going to give it a shot. Um, so I'm interested what these secrets that are referenced here, though, are. I'm always up for a good Easter egg. I love good Easter egg in a game, so that's interesting. <clears throat> And also, while we're just on the subjects of some tweets that I thought were interesting, RPG site, at RPG site, one of the news uh, news outlets that I get my information from, posted that you may not need a PlayStation Plus subscription to play certain games. Um, <clears throat> and they posted a thing from PlayStation Blog. says, also, players who have previously purchased the digital version of select games from the original PlayStation and PSP generation will not have to make a separate purchase or sign up to PlayStation Plus to play these titles on PS4 or PS5. When these titles are released for PS4 and PS5, players can head to the PlayStation Store and download a version for the consoles at no extra cost if they already own the digital version of the title. Some of the titles will also be available for individual purchase. So that is super cool. <clears throat> like, because on the PlayStation 3 and stuff, like, I, have, I had a bunch of the old PS1 games that I had bought to get around and play. And uh, if I could play those on my newer consoles without having to pay for them again, that'd be sweet. So hopefully some of you are in that boat too, and uh, we all benefit from that. I think that could be really cool. <clears throat> so the Fairy Fencer F Refrain Chord re release date is set, and it won't be too long before PS4, PS5, Switch, and PC players can become fencers again. It will launch in North America and Europe on April 25th, 2023. As a reminder, it debuted in September 2022 in Japan. Idea Factory International also shared the contents of its limited edition and the trailer showing off the game's opening movie. The limited edition starts with a PS4 or starts with a PS4, PS5, or Switch copy of the game, and it also comes with a steelbook case for it, an art book, a copy of the two-disc soundtrack, a music book with sheet music from the songs in the game, and people can also get an Idea Factory International store trading card with it. There's no there's no price for it yet. And pre-orders don't open until February 28th, 2023. However, a standard physical copy is $49.99. To go along with the Fairy Fencer F Refrain Chord release date, there's also a trailer showing off its opening. It features the theme song Notes of Faith by Yui Ishikawa, and she also voices the character Fleur. In case you missed it, this Fairy Fencer follow-up is a strategy RPG. An announcement trailer offered a peek at some of its gameplay. The Fairy Fencer F Refrain Chord release date is April 25th, 2023, and it will appear on PS4, PS5, Nintendo Switch, and PC via Steam. I'm stoked for this because Fairy Fencer F Advent Dark Force <clears throat> was one of those games that I kind of just picked up on a whim uh, because it looked like a cheesy little JRPG that I would like, and uh, it ended up being one of, one of my favorite games um, just as far as I had so much fun with it, you know? And I really, I liked the characters. And for being a quote-unquote uh, budget title, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And I do recommend it to anyone. If you can get it for a good price, check out Fairy Fencer F Advent Dark Force. And uh, if you like it, keep your eye out for this uh, Fairy Fencer F Refrain Chord. <clears throat> ah, heck, I meant, to, I meant to talk about this earlier while I was talking about Atelier Ryza, but it's okay. Atelier Marie Remake, The Alchemist of Salberg, will launch for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC via Steam on July 13th worldwide. Publisher Koi Tecmo and developer Gust have announced. In the West, though, Atelier Marie Remake The Alchemist of Salberg will only 
be available digitally in both standard and digital deluxe editions. In Japan, the standard edition will cost 6,380 yen, while the premium box and the special collection box limited editions will be available for 10,230 yen and 19,800 yen, respectively. The digital deluxe edition will also be available for 8,580 yen. Atelier Marie remake The Alchemist of Salberg is a full remake of the 1997 released PlayStation title. It's a slow life RPG that follows the hopeless student Marie as she struggles with alchemy, adventure, and completing requests as she aims to graduate within five years. It will feature the following new elements. Unlimited mode, play without the five-year graduation deadline, additional events, discover some new sides and charms to each character through additional events between characters, and assignments that serve as a guidepost for clearing the game, allowing you to quickly determine the answer to the question, what should I do next? Common while playing high-freedom RPGs. And some of the uh, key features are the updated graphics Marie and Friends brought to life with the latest technology. Character designs and event illustrations have been revamped, and 2D animations have also been introduced in the remake. In addition, there are now 3D models of characters and stages, so players can enjoy seeing cute mini-characters while they move around the map and explore. The Atelier series Origin adapted to modern times and made more playable. While maintaining the simplicity and the flexibility of the original version, the tutorial and navigation of the game's features have been expanded and improved. The methods of moving around the city and collecting items in the field have also been modified to meet modern-day demands, ensuring that the remake is even more comfortable and easier to play. And fans of the original version of the game, along with newcomers to the Atelier series, will be delighted by the variety of new elements that have been added to the remake. With the new Unlimited mode, which allows you to play at a more relaxed pace, and the addition of the new events that enable interactions with new characters, you can further enjoy the world of Atelier Maria. Or Marie, excuse me. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. <clears throat> so, another, uh, this is a short little one, but uh, for you Pokemon fans out there, the Pokemon Company will host a Pokemon Presents broadcast on February 27th at 6 a.m. PT, 9 a.m. ET. So I think that's Pacific and Eastern. The company announced and you will be able to watch it on YouTube in English and Japanese. The broadcast will feature 20 minutes of exciting Pokemon news in celebration of Pokemon Day 2023. And to wrap it up here at the end, this isn't some news, but this is more just something that I found interesting. And I'm curious if, if my listeners agree. So over on the site that I mentioned earlier, rpgsite.net, one of the sites that I get my information from for you all, they did a poll. Uh, what was the best Final Fantasy game. Now, you ask, I feel like you can ask 100 people that, and 100 people, out of those 100 people, everyone may have a different answer. I mean, obviously, there's going to be some overlap, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like Everybody's got their own reasons for liking the Final Fantasy games that they do. So I thought it was interesting that they did this poll, so I'm going to read them out from the least voted for to the most voted for. Um, there may be some, prize, some surprises in here for you. Maybe you, this is, by the time I get done with this, you're going to be like, yeah, sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah, sound about right. Um, but we'll see. So at number 15 in last place with 0.2% of the vote, we have Final Fantasy 2. At number 14 with 0.4% of the vote, we have Final Fantasy 3. Now, by the way, these are the regular, the normal uh, numberings, like the J Japanese numberings, because uh, you know how the America got all that messed up there for a little bit. <laughs> Don't want anybody to think that uh, the American Final Fantasy 3 got put that low. Um, number 13 with 0.5% is the original Final Fantasy. At number 12 with 1.1% at a disgustingly low number is Final Fantasy 11. 
give give some love to that game, man. That game is just uh, it doesn't hold up quite like it should, but man, like for what it did for MMOs. Uh, number eleven with one point eight percent of the vote, Final Fantasy thirteen. At number ten with one point nine percent of the vote, Final Fantasy five. Number nine with three point three percent of the vote, Final Fantasy fifteen. At number eight with three point six percent of the vote, Final Fantasy four. At number seven. With 5.1%, we have Final Fantasy XII. At number six, this is again criminally underrated under, uh, in my opinion, but whatever. At, with 6.5% of the vote, we have Final Fantasy VIII. At number five, and I'm just going to go ahead and say, personally, this would be the one that I would have <clears throat> put at number one. Um, with 11.4% of the vote, number five is Final Fantasy X. And I just feel like that should have been higher than that, but that's just me. At number four, with 14.7% of the vote, we have Final Fantasy VI. At number three, with 15.5% of the vote, we have Final Fantasy XIV. And if you guessed, there are two Final Fantasies left. At number two, with 17% of the vote, we have Final Fantasy IX. Final Fantasy IX at number two with 17%, leaving, of course, the one that always gets voted the number one, Final Fantasy VII, with 17.2% of the vote. Do you agree? Do you agree with that list? Tweet me at JRPG Report and give me your top, you know, put, rank the Final Fantasy games for me for you guys and let me know what you think, because I would be very curious to know uh, how everyone's top 15 kind of stacks up. Nah, I'm saying? But anyway, that is going to wrap up this episode of the JRPG Report. And with that being said, if you would like to find us over on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com slash JRPG Report. You can find me over on Twitter, like I just told you guys, at JRPG Report. If you would love to support the show, if you would like to support the show, if you just have a hankering or a hint of a want to support the show, you can check us out over at patreon.com slash JRPG Report. And that would mean a ton to me, especially with them cutting hours at work. Every little bit helps, and I very, 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 very much appreciate it. With a shout-out to these people, if you if you donate to Patreon, I will read your name out on each and every episode, like these wonderful people, Jake W., Jordan K., Kularian, and Master Loot. You guys absolutely rock. If you would like to hear more of me on a bi-weekly basis, you can check me out over on the Steam Machine podcast, which is a bi-weekly PC gaming show where me and my buddies Nate and Willie play through our backlog of PC games and just kind of shoot the bull about them for a couple hours and let, let you guys know what we think and uh, have a good time, make you laugh. And this next game that we got coming up next week is going to be Monster Rancher 2 DX. And I am so ready to talk about that game. I've been having a blast with it. Spoilers. But that is going to about do it for this week's episode of the JRPG Report. I hope you all enjoyed it. And I hope to see you all around. You know, join the Patreon, come join the Discord. Just Facebook, Twitter, let's have some interactions, man. I want to start talking to more of you guys. Like, let's 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 get out there. In fact, let's all get back out there and level up.